Hey there, friends. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John. Friends, not film fans today. Friends over there in our listening universe. <laughs> Welcome back to, to us now, so they're friends. Of cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another <laughs> to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right. And to avoid lazy negativity, we have decided to make this here episode a drinking game. Mm. So anytime you hear us say anything negative about each other, about this movie, you're going to hear this sound. That sound means that we have to take a drink, which is designed to keep us honest and not have a lot of fun saying nasty shit. So pour yourselves a glass and stand by to roll back to the 70s, just like the Supreme Court. Oh, this one's for the Supreme Court. Mm. Fuck you, Supreme Supreme Court. Court. You fucking piece of shit fucking institution go fuck yourself god damn it i'm not buzzing any of that anybody no fuck that shit anybody anybody, wants to know how we feel about that horse shit oh my god anyway so i was pouring out for uh that's yeah yeah, rbg's uh, corpse rolling in fucking constant circles in her grave right now i was like yeah i can't Uh, i can't not say anything i'm fucking mad it's 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 you should be mad we should all be uh, fucking mad it's, it's oh my god I feel, uh, I feel like people are listening to this for a little bit of escape, so we, we shouldn't really dwell on it too much, but... Sure, let's yeah. talk about a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's right. a slight shift. <laughs> well, for those of you who are new to our podcast, we try to keep it spoiler-free for about 10 minutes or so, so that you can check in on our initial thoughts and reactions. What did we feel? What did we think? The shit that reviewers like to forget about and just dive right into chop. We are here to give you our thoughts. Unfilter, because I just saw the shit... 30 I, I literally just got back home 30 minutes ago so i am fresh oh, sweet you're going first okay did you, let's did go you, did you take your notepad and pen into the in the theater did i take my notepad and pen? i did not take my notepad and pen i'm gonna buzz you because i don't that tone the tone even though it it is technically historically accurate okay i um i'm going to send it over to john to shout our people out john we have a beer sponsor his name is carlos barozo you can find him on instagram at cbarozo.beer that's c-b-a-r-o-z-o dot b-e-e-r and uh, all the music available on this fucking podcast from beginning to end the entire it's time every single podcast. episode is provided by the artist Dasein. That is D-A-S-E-I-N. Head on over to uh, Bandcamp. Follow the link in the show notes. It's going to be launching on Spotify and all the other platforms pretty fucking soon. So download that music. All right, guys. Don't invite him to parties, though. He ate my hamster once. He ate his <laughs> hamster once. <laughs> Ozzy and Dasein. Oh, what? Together at last. Guys, in 1978, did, did, did they get in fights every single day at school? <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> Is that was it actually like was it literally I I, like I, I don't know um, what it was like over here. confused yeah I don't know what it was like over here but like in my in my school if you went like three days without someone chanting fight it was a it was a slow week yeah Jeff and I think circ- you just went to a really fucking waspy New Jersey school you little bitch waspy? they fucking fought at every other school in America <laughs> not everybody at my not everybody that has this face went to my high it's pretty waspy I guess uh-huh. now that I think about it. yeah uh, I guess it was yeah it was I, think, I know what you mean it was really intense but there was definitely. A few kids like this poor kid in this movie who they got their fucking ass handed to him quite a bit. They were picked on a lot. Like, yeah, I I I used to be one uh, of them. Yeah. Okay, Dave. Yeah, Dave used to be one of them. Dave, were you ever trapped in a basement by a man in a mask? (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay. 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 All right. Hold on a second. (laughs) Dave, want to come clean? Want to name any names? The black Uh, phone. (laughs) Can I cunt? (laughs) (laughs) 
For John bringing an Australian accent. Oh, oh that best day. But that was for John for bringing the Australian accent in. It was so good um, you thought it was me. Oh, man. <laughs> so, like, like a lot of horror, scary thriller movies, there are definitely some kids. This is from the point of view of one kid, kind of two kids, but really one kid who um, is maybe getting in some tr- fights that he didn't start, you right. know, naturally. Can I, can I right? stop you for one second? I just have to say one thing, like, before we go into this, because this sure. AMC Nicole Kidman thing's getting out of control. I'm starting to see it on TV <laughs> now in my house. Like, Nicole is invading my house now, which is the perfect place for this ad. <sighs> Like, but then you go to the theater and you see it again before every movie, and it's Stop. it's like wearing the t-shirt of the band you're going to see. Dude, it's definitely- don't be that guy. <laughs> I leaned over to Elizabeth yesterday. I was like, "How is this still going on?" I also noticed there was a shot Points in for it anyone for who the- recognizes that movie quote. There was a there <laughs> yeah, was a cause- sh- shot in it that I hadn't seen yet of her walking to the hallway before she enters the theater with like the theater numbers. I have oh, the How many edits of this thing are there? I mean, honestly, <laughs> I was like, wow, there's still the coverage on this must have been incredible. And what contract did she have for them to extend it a year past where we thought, you know, it was going to be. She did not. She didn't. And, she's not getting residuals. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. She, and she's pissed about it. Why I, like, is she why, going to the back row in an empty theater? What the fuck is she doing back there? There's one shot in the one I saw today where she walks up to the like the second to back row. I'm like, what are you doing in the second to back row? This, the I, think they're just, I think they're just fucking with us now. I think they know what they're yeah. doing. Everybody's kind of having fun and going a little insane. There's always applause. I'm always kind of I smile a little bit whenever it comes on now because I know somebody in the theater is going to say something or do something or boo it yeah. or cheer <laughs> it. or Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right, let's get All right, into back, the uh, back to the movie. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Let's get into the black phone here, which, as I was referencing before, takes place in a very aggressive town, um, which is <laughs> any town very, USA. suburban. Yeah. Any town, it is right. They don't mention the town, do they? It's north of Denver. It's technically north. North Denver. Denver. Yes, yeah. you're right. I yes. just saw this and I already forgot. It opens with a baseball game. I will say that pitcher definitely balked a little bit. They should have got. They should have given a base. Um, so it opens with the baseball game. So a little dazed and confused, Eve, except this is more horrible, of course. After being abducted by a child killer and locked in a soundproof basement-like room, you know, a 13-year-old boy starts receiving calls on a disconnected phone from the killer's previous victims. This movie was made by all the people who made Doctor Strange 1 and Sinister. So we're talking directed and co-written by Scott Derrickson, director of, of, of... of Doctor Strange, C. Robert Cargill, it's a writer, co-writer on this, co-wrote the screenplays of Doctor hmm. Strange and Sinister, and based, then Joe Hill. Yeah, based on the short story by Joe Hill. Is it? Is this our? It's not our first short Joe Hill short story, right? He wrote Horns in the Tall Grass Creep Show segment. So this guy's been around for ever. New, new Creep Show. He's uh, he hasn't been new around. Creep Show, yeah. He hasn't been around that long. It's it's Stephen King's son. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So he's been living in the world since 2008, which is an eternity yes. for all of the, the kids out there. Lock and key. Lock and some, key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that. Yes. All right. He went, to, uh, he went to USC. He graduated. Oh, shout I was supposed out. to see oh. him. At, uh, he, was, he was sick. He was supposed to come to our screening, and he called like right before and said he was fucking sick. He, he may have been fucking lying, but uh, we... We wish we could have talked to you, Scott Derrickson. That would have been fun. This was a cool little movie. Mm. We, were talking, we were talking with Scott Derrickson? Good. Yeah. Yeah, Scott Derrickson. What the fuck? Um, this stars youngster Mason. It's got to be Thames. Thames? Mason so. Thames? Yeah, I think it's Thames. Madeline Just McGraw is a firecracker. She's great. I'm ready to see more of Madison. Madeline McGraw. Yeah, she she was plays really Gwen. Good. 
So they're brother, sister, Finney and Gwen. Their dad is played by Jeremy Jeremy Davies, who I was just thinking about recently for his fantastic scene in Saving Private Ryan, one of the better scenes. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck have I seen this guy in? And then I remembered it's Lost. Lost. I saw him in Lost. Daniel Faraday. He's whispering everything. Lost. Yeah, Saving Private Ryan. I totally forgot he was in that. Good call. And then Ethan Hawke, who gets his best named character to date as the Grabber. That is what he is billed as. I'm like 90% sure that this was Taking a Tribeca that and I didn't Donald see Trump. it in time. It, is now, it now belongs <laughs> to Ethan Yeah, Hawk. we have to. <laughs> we have to. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, I'm like almost positive this was at Tribeca and then they had to pull it early because it had the release date and I, mm. I didn't get it in time. So I'm, I could have seen it. Well, I, oh, I, I saw it on MC. I'm glad I saw yeah. it. But anyway, the black phone, that's the setup. Who would like to go first? Honestly, I'm not kidding. I kind of want you to go first since you were the you just saw it. I kind of want you to kick us off. I saw this last Wednesday. That's no, Thursday. Dave, when did you see it? Mm. <clears throat> Yesterday. Yesterday, and Jeff, you saw it right now. That would be Sunday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw this at 84th Street, although I did see that they had a Dolby Cinema. Um, they had like one Dolby Cinema at 10 p.m., I think, like mm. that you could have seen. Did you, did you see- I was going to say, you didn't see this in Dolby Cinema, did you? Because th- those stabs would have killed you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw it in a giant Atmos theater, and it was crazy. The design was really cool. Yeah, it was. It was intense. Oh man, it was really, no, I really saw it in intense. The, the the comfy seats by me at Eighty Fourth Street. Anyway, okay, so guys, I had a great time at this movie. I thought it was yeah. great. I don't give a shit. These horror is it, are horror movies just easier to make, or are people just better at making them? This is Blumhouse <laughs> film with Universal. So Jason Blum was up. I mean, they, um, they had a Trials and Tribulations run. You remember Fantasy Island? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think. I don't think. Uh, uh, good horror, just like anything else, is probably difficult to make. But what's mm. always cool about this style of horror, that kind of lower budget, it feels like an independent film. There's not ridiculous special effects yeah. or anything. When you give those to really good directors, they tend to do really fun things with them. The language is familiar. Yeah. Uh, so you feel like you you kind of you settle into them easy as an audience member. But when they when they check all those boxes, it works. You don't really it still works, I guess, is the way we should put it. You don't need to. Uh, right. This genre doesn't really need to go the distance with all the new technology, the way some of these other genres are kind of being expected to. All right, well, you got to mm. wow us in different ways now. Nope. You just got to I mean, give the, us a, yeah. good, a good story, some good characters, some good people to come over, overcome their adversity, some good jump scares, and we'll probably be smiling by the end of it. <laughs> in fact, I know like a lot of the horror prefers to re- re- like rely on practical more than mm-hmm. anything. Um, oh, that's yeah. I'm sure there was some set extensions in this, given that it was in the 70s. So it probably had some decent effects there that we didn't even see. Totally. Um, but yeah, carry on, Jeff. Yeah. No, I just I there's something about when when you can pull off like if, the, if in Doctor Strange they were doing some of the jump scares that they did in this movie, which I don't even know if they were 100 percent necessary to do, but I'm really glad they did anyway. You know mm. what I mean? Like there's it's just, it was so grounded, it was so simple, and it really all comes down to these two main characters, the brother and sister that they just have this really interesting, compelling, just little in to this story. It's a very simple missing children's story, what's going on. Ethan Hawke's called The Grabber, and they even say that you're going to end up in a basement. So you, you sort of know what's going on. But just adding that little, those little isms, just the little tiny bits of those two main characters just made it, just made it incredible. I really thought that when we got in the basement, because we got in kind of early, not to spoil too much about that, I kind of thought it would get a little mundane. But actually, for some reason, they were able to keep it really, really fresh. Yeah. 
perhaps with the gimmick that was mentioned as well. But well, uh, I actually, don't know. I, I put a lot of that. I put a lot of that down to the editing. Um, and I mean, the uh, Frederick Thorville, who was the editor, also did Promising Young Woman and Sinister. Uh, Sinister. Mm, promising Young Woman, mm, cool, yeah. yeah, fun, and sure, yeah, they did their job perfectly. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think the uh, I think one thing that it, we've already said they did a great job, but I think one thing that is essential to separating yourself from all the millions of you know or hundreds of these low budget horror movies that we've all enjoyed over the years. There are cheesier, campier ones, and some of that is directorially influenced, but I think the main determining factor that's going to put you in another place is performance. Um, If these kids weren't so good, there are a couple scenes in here in the beginning that establish that Jeremy Davies is a a very troubled, not, not necessarily a monster of a father, but he is definitely taking out his issues with their mother who has passed on their children, yeah. especially the daughter who might be touched by some kind of medium kind of ability. You learn that very quickly. Um, yeah. So there's abuse that is, uh, won't ruin it now, but it gets tied back uh, a little bit later with the, the way the abuse takes place. And yeah, well, on paper, you're like, oh, good, that's building enough of the character. It's, it's letting us know that these aren't just kids who are affected by a kidnapper in their area. These are kids with very specific baggage um, dealing with parental abuse and and adults having this kind of towering influence over them. And like a good horror movie does, Stephen King kind of created this rule, I think, in a lot of ways. Uh, The child society is pretty much totally separate from the adult society. They kind Mm. of live in these two different worlds, which is always very effective and fun when you're doing a kid's movie. And all the performances were just there. I'm glad that Ethan Hawke is his friend. I know not everybody is crazy about him, but I think he's a strong actor. And he doesn't get to do a whole lot in this movie. And he still said, yeah, let's do it. I think that, that's why this. I think that's why this works because, like, I love this as well. I absolutely, uh, for for starters, I love the color. Mm-hmm. The color uh, yeah. for me was phenomenal. It it was like Perfect, a combination of when your cinematographer, like your DP, sits down with your colorist, and like this was uh, what Brett Jugowitz from Scream and Stranger Things sitting there <laughs> oh, nice. working with yeah. in his new Scream, I'm guessing. From, from uh, the new Scream, yeah, and oh, Scream Six, which is coming. Um, working with the colorist from Guardians of the Galaxy Two. So you've got two masters in their fields in there and they like those, like to get a look that says seventies, but doesn't scream seventies is very hard. It takes a very fine touch and they fucking nailed it. It's great. Straight away. I was, I was in it. And then like couple that with the editing. And then you got these phenomenal performances from like Jeremy Davies, Madeline McGraw and Jeremy Davies, that scene you're talking about uh, where it like, he basically is mean to her very brutally basically uh, he's mean beats the shit out of her yeah. um it hurt my soul i know dude can you imagine directing her. that like could, I yeah that's Madeline, that's you got one more in you <laughs> it was, oh my god can yeah go <laughs> but it was just it was, can we it go wasn't, a little further why do you guys improv at the end just to see if anything else it comes. made me uncomfortable because oh not only is her reaction completely realistic and takes it to like a next level yeah in his eyes is <laughs> the apologetic knowledge that he knows he's being a bastard and he can't stop it. He can't help himself. And you get that from his character without even saying a word. So good. Uh, I can't help it. I think it's, uh, it might help to think analogously about this very unlike, um, Beverly's father in it, who is still, you know, this very, he's, you know, strictly antagonistic. They did a cool yes. thing in this movie of making that father, who still lives in the adult world, he, he is an antagonist to the children in a lot of ways, but he's not evil. 
He's not part of the monstrosity. The kids yeah, are going to be excited to damaged. go home at the end of the day and hopefully get yeah. to be have a better relationship with their father. And mm-hmm. I thought that was really, really effective. The way that they yeah. didn't let everybody be good or evil was fun. The Even yeah, from was... the very beginning, this movie opens up, I guess in the second or third scene, the brother and sister go into school and they come upon this fight. And it's a really big kid and a, a smaller kid. And you think the big kid is just this mean, terrible bully character and the small kid is like wearing a bandana and stuff. So you you probably think he's got something up his sleeve, but the smaller kid beats the fuck out of him to a point where it's like really abusive and uncomfortable, (laughs) really is laying this this big bully out on the ground. They walked that line a lot during this film. So yeah, I loved how they they taught us that from the beginning and and they kept playing with it. Like nothing was quite Mm. as it seems. So even though they had all these traditional archetypes, they found a way to ground it in a, a, a real indie dramatic feel that, that just was so refreshing. It didn't feel and like be, a slasher be, movie. Or, I think because yeah. they threw those little misdirects in there and a couple more, like there's a lot of misdirects in this, um, you don't know. Like you're on your edge about whether he's actually going to make it, make it out of this or not, whether it's, it's going to end with you know his death. I started considering the fact that maybe he's already dead. Mm-hmm. And yep. like there was a lot, of, a lot of stuff. I will also mention Ethan Hawke how they used him and the like the character that he portrayed for me when he when he was on screen he completely underplays it almost he, it's almost like a discussion for him he's having a discussion with an old friend and it because you didn't see him very often it made him the perfect monster at the top of the stairs like there's a monster yeah. it's and almost like the opposite of, it's almost like the opposite of the ba- the kids in the basement so there's an ops- monster at the top of the stairs instead of the bottom yeah. And so anybody it, it so whenever he turned up, you're like, fuck and hell. Like <laughs> and anybody and don't get me wrong, there's a couple these, of jump scares uh, in this. I still like, have fucking goosebumps. There's four or five really I mean, I think sometimes yeah. jump scares can be cheap, but there are four or five really, really, really yeah. incredible ones. And yeah, to your point about Ethan Hawk, it was in a fun way, I was very aware of like why they it was succeeding with what you were talking about so much. I was just trying to like make a mental note. Anyone who has seen the posters or the trailer knows that he he wears a mask for through pretty much this entire film. So you already have an actor in a mask, which is fun. You know, you kind of create a distance between them and whatever being they are becoming with a mask. But also they they chose to almost never cover him in a close-up, which was so effective. He was always at a distance. It was either a medium mm. or a or a wide medium or a wide. And it was just that adult that lives in that weird adult world that is even more hidden than most of the adults. And it just, it just became more and more effective, even as he began to speak more and more. Like in a way, when he started talking to the kids after he was grabbing them, I was like, ah, I hope this doesn't turn into a, some backstory sob fest of how Ethan's Hawk's character was abused as a child. Like, you know, I didn't want it to turn into like, I didn't want to know too much about him. And they've, I think they fucking nailed that. You do not yep. leave this theater feeling like this is about, the murderer or about the yeah i don't i don't need to know anything else about don't need to it works so well that's the best rule Uh, like that's the rule stephen king said it's like the less you explain your villain the less you tell people about your villain the better the 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 frightening joe is listening on bouncing on daddy's knee i think i I think (laughs) he had that drilled into him when you're writing your your child's tilly since he found out he was going to be a writer he locked him in the basement and wouldn't let him out till he agreed to that (laughs) i wonder if um, the story's a biographical story Oh would, my god, that's so good. I wonder if I wonder if um the Obi-Wan TV show could have taken that note. I don't know. What do you guys think? Oh yeah, what do you what do you think? What do you think? <laughs> yeah? Maybe like everything that exists now, like less is more, folks. Why can't we get a hand of it? Uh, um, I saw I, yeah. it as a big audience and everybody Same. everybody shrieked at all the right moments. 
Yeah, I felt the tension. I felt people sitting forward in the right in those right moments. And uh, there was something that Dave alluded to that we'll talk about towards the end, where I think they, I think all of us thought they turned it on their head at the end, and everybody mm. kind of was like, "No, no," and you know, yeah. there was the fun resolve. So. Uh, yeah. So we yeah. should we turn spoilers on? Yeah, yeah let's get into the spoilers. This is great. Go see yeah. this fucking movie, people. Go we see basically it. just discussed the first like fifteen or twenty minutes. This is not a super long <laughs> movie, so go hop in there, and I think you'll think you're. It's going to get you. I can. I, I would have trouble unless you are really, really, really scared of movies. Easy. Then I think this is a fun horror movie for anybody. I think people who like the slashers will like this. I think people who like the the more dreadful kind of tense stuff will probably have fun with this one too. I like the slow burniness of it, so too, it's, it's it's cool. Right. It's Spoilers really are on. I just want right. to say, when we the the big jump scare for me, and we're definitely in spoilers, so turn off before I mention turn this. Turn it off. But the big jump scare for me is the the girl on the bike, and I, I yeah, think they even yeah, show you yeah. this in the trailer. I, I, I felt like I flew like she did. And <laughs> I tell you, if I hadn't finished my popcorn, it would have been a fucking cloud above me. Because <laughs> really like 90%. every single pain in my body, like my hair stood on end. I know. Every, I, I was like, I need. Do I need to find a doctor? I can't what the wait fuck? to. This was, I can't yeah. wait to get this on streaming because I need to like go frame by frame to like figure out how they they because they did like four or five of them that are very similar style reveals, and all of them worked. Now they were yeah. they were fucking shameless with the music and the sound design. They were like, yeah. you know, they gave you really loud those with stabs. those. Yeah, yeah. But man, <laughs> the first one in the basement. Yeah. Where basically yeah. Yeah. this child is uh, alone in the basement very quickly. There's a phone on the wall that's dead. And Ethan Hawke has locked him in there and says, you'll never get out. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to do anything to you. Welcome to your sure. new home, blah, blah, blah. He locks uh, yeah. him in. It's a soundproof room. And totally this, this phone starts fucking ringing. And it's in the trailer. It's in the blurb. It, basically, this boy can start speaking to somehow on this phone that's dead to the previous victims. The spirits, if you will, of the previous victims who who kind of advise him on how to to try to get out of there and to overcome his own his own issues while he's doing it. And in the first conversation, <laughs> there is a slow pan around the room that's kind of moving with him as he's on the phone. And you in your mind, you're like, okay, spirits. You're he's talking to spirits. For it. It's you're about a phone. For it. <laughs> and it's it just they just reveal the dead body of this boy who's like in spirit form talking to him. In such a way that, like, I mean, everybody in my theater was like, ah! like, everybody yeah, like, yeah. screamed out loud. What about the, what about really the kid does. hanging in the air? Like, that one get him? Because that, that one, one, every one of too. them, dude. We could yeah. not, I, we thought we knew which one they were coming. And that, every time, it was a similar kind of effect each time. That one hanging in the air was the scariest one for me. That yeah. fucked me yeah, up, dude. Yeah, it was, that was so, so creepy, yeah. And that was the closest one to like Scott Derrickson's like sinister aesthetic. Like it's a bent, it's a bowed body. Yeah. Like, you know, kind of bloody. Well, Sin- and- sinister is the movie where they, they wound you up and sh- showed you nothing and nothing and nothing. And then when something finally did happen, I was like, and that's turned off until fucking daylight. <laughs> that's a scary fucking was, movie. Yeah, it was, yeah. I was like, oh, it's not happening. I even got, I even got got when the, the cage from the window fell down. There's something about that that was still like, you know, that's not even scary. It was just like yeah, loud. By that point, you're like, so far in it, you kind of are that kid. It's like, fuck, is he gonna come down like, like ah! just and also, what happened and i know where the place is soundproof but i still was like oh that was so loud like he's fucked <laughs> so some really let's just go right for the i'll say this first and then i want to hear maybe you guys can spin off of it but that adult world child world thing what i found really effective and it's it's on the nose you read the script once i'm sure they talked about it and it was something that was attractive but i think they pulled it off really well thematically there's a really bad beating scene at the beginning of this movie where Madeline, what's her name? The sister who has these Gwen, abilities, yeah. 
basically the authorities have come to her, the detectives, local detectives, because they heard that she had a dream about these black balloons. And they were somehow involved in this vision she had of where the previous child who was taken, uh, the place where he was taken, she thought she saw these black balloons in her dream. So they come to ask her because they find you find out through the detectives, they really did find fucking remnants of black balloons in certain places where these children have been grabbed. That's great. So we already get, what we it, get established very quickly. And balloons? It's fucking great, dude. I mean, yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. like, dad, can I borrow your balloon? He was like, get it. Son. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it fucking worked. Um, kind of red ones. Uh, so we have that very early. The girl goes home. Dad is mad because apparently mom, who also heard voices, eventually hurt herself. I think she killed herself. She probably was paranoid schizophrenic. Sounds, so anyway, we like have it. those touching. So you come home with the boy to watching his sister just get the fucking shit beat out of her with a belt by their dad. And yeah, that Dave talked about, yeah. you could see the pain in his eyes. It was hard to watch. She was wonderful. And it really, I mean, it was terrible. He would beat the hell the out kid, of her with his belt. Like he, this, the kid wakes up and he hears it and he doesn't, he has no, you, you have no idea what's going on. All you can hear is this kid screaming. Yeah. And so straight away yeah. you're on edge and then yeah, so, it enters into this fucking hard scene. So we're halfway through the movie and you finally realize what the killer likes to do, what Ethan Hawke likes to do. And this kind of came out of nowhere for me. I thought this was so much fun. You're so scared that it's going to be like more gory than you want it to be. That it's just about this fucking gross, sadistic asshole who likes to tear children apart. But the way they let you give these little kernels of like what his issues might be is that how halfway through he leaves the door unlocked after he feeds the boy. And he get the boy gets a fall, you know, a phone call, and the kid on the other end of the line is like, Don't go upstairs. He's waiting for you. This is how he'll oh, get you. He likes God. to play naughty yeah. boy. Admiral Ekbar calls him. It's a trap. It's a trap. Yeah. And the camera, <laughs> the camera goes outside the room and creeps up the stairs, almost soundless, and just comes around the corner and reveals Ethan Hawke sitting. And Ethan Hawke is built very similarly and looks very similarly with the mask on to the father, to Jeremy Davies' character. I think they did that on purpose. Kind of this longer, dark-haired man, yeah. white guy. And he's sitting there with his shirt off and the mask on and a belt in his fucking hand. Because he beats these children mm. to death with a belt. And there so we can draw whatever we too. want about what happened to him as a child, but it doesn't matter. I just thought that was so effective that they tied that, that theme together. And it ended up making him even scarier to me, that it was a game to him. that he mm. really, that Not in the, in the way that Jigsaw was, do you want to play a game? Like, I think that was more... Sadistic. This was more yeah, like this, yeah. this is the only way he can convince himself to hurt these kids is if they break a rule. And I just thought yeah. that was God. They that just that spoke. Boy. Yeah, that spoke that so much to the good. whole the whole children's society, the whole child dynamic. That's what they're most kids are so afraid of. It's totally out of their control. When adults say right. you broke the rule, there's nothing you can do about it. That's I just it. thought it yeah. was it really launched it for me. So Especially from there if you don't on know out, what the fucking rule is. Like, yeah. yeah, how do you know that's oh, a game? Man. The door was the door's fucking open. <laughs> like, of course. Unbelievable. But he yeah, wants to play like, naughty boy. I think the thing that I loved the most about this was I didn't realize what was happening throughout the phone calls. Yeah. And so as the phone calls happen, like there's one phone call directs him not to go up the stairs. There's another one that tells him there's a loose tile, dig this hole. There's another one that tells him yeah. bust out this wall and you'll get into a freezer. And Every single one of them is giving him, giving him everything he needs for the final battle. Yeah. They one by one gave him the pieces he needed yeah, to that, put together that last fight. 
and that symmetry really worked out. I didn't end, realize yeah. that was going on, and then suddenly we got to the like the last bit, and, and it turned into almost fucking Home Alone down in that basement. Like, yeah, Home Alone, and, 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 uh, and only Home Alone for real. It's like it was an actual murder. Basement alone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. basement. Oh, but, yeah, let's literally the, the movie. I was like, I was blown away. I'm like, I did not even notice they did it so fucking subtly. I didn't yeah. realize that every single phone call was giving him the stuff he needed to get out in the end. Because it did just feel like he was just gonna, he just kept giving up. Yeah, because at, at one point, it, it kind of, I kind of stopped and went, "Well, what about the hole? He just stopped digging the hole." Yeah, I would have stopped digging the hole. That hole is that would have, I don't know. Yeah, if I and then I realized, then I'd like at the end, I realized, oh, there's a fucking reason. Like, and they, and they say it really, good. they say it early, like you got to do with these kind of kids movies, like. <laughs> a kids movie it's like a horror movie a from a child's <laughs> perspective like very king very yeah, Stephen we are king not them. saying take your they, children to this yeah, don't we're don't not paying for this. your kids therapy yeah not that <laughs> kind of way, kids movie I, wish, I feel like kids maybe should see like older kids maybe should see this movie this like the kids are really in charge here uh anyway i was just saying kids that are gonna see this movie don't like, go near <laughs> a, don't go near a van with a guy that has balloons that's if you need for to sure. be told that Natural selection, but uh, yeah. if you, um, they say it early on in the movie, and so it comes nobody's together. going near a COVID testing site ever again. <laughs> Natural selection. The people, kids trying to be nice. You fucking guy. <laughs> kids trying to be um, helpful. They say at the very beginning that the the, the young uh, the small kid who I talked about at the beginning who beats the hell out of the bigger kid tells him awesome. at some that point. The kid shit was fucking awesome. He's, it was yeah. cool that he really went after him. He tells him in like this, he sticks up for him again. He's like, you know what, man, you got to stand up for yourself one of these days. So, you know, that's coming back at some point. So it's really cool that I don't think these spirits were uh, in sync with each other. I don't think they had some master plan of give him these pieces. I thought it was fun that, and even though they had to say it, the last kid is the, the boy who I just spoke about. He gets taken last, the young boy, uh, before our protagonist. And he tells him, in a very quick training montage, <laughs> step forward, yeah. back, swing. Yeah. And he's like, and so, he's like, good, you got this. You're good. Yeah. He's like, good, you're you ready to kill him. He does say, you know, you got to do, you got to stand up for yourself. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they might have been working. They might have been working. They might have been working together though, because because you had Robin maybe. say that this is the know. last one, and then you think that they they went outside almost maybe to tell the sister like this is the house, like to send that message. I'll tell, I'll tell you what though, like that's true. No, just, you might be right, dude. Good call. Do you have a favorite moment in this moment? Mm. Well, I actually want to say I, one thing. Who eats? Who eats with a spoon like that? Who holds the spoon backwards and slurps it in? I, I, they always do this in movies, and I'll never figure it out. I know that was my least. That was my that was my least favorite moment in the movie. <laughs> did, we, did we buzz that? I don't, just, yeah, why not? <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, favorite no. moment. <laughs> I think I think my favorite moment. Nobody knows what you mean, Jeff. You, it's no like way. you grab the spoon with the fist, like you're about to use it for as a weapon, but you eat that way. Like with the with the butt, like the head of the spoon is like the weapon. The, you eat it. Like he he didn't. There's, there's, some, there's something not right about that way you held Was that spoon. Was this during the cereal eating scene? Yeah. Okay, I didn't even notice that. Gotta keep your eyes out. You gotta, yeah. gotta keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so you said, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. So you said favorite moment. Well, we got, there were, favorite there were, moment. We had applause lines. I mean, obviously, when the kid first just fucking nailed that first punch, my whole audience just was like, yes! Yeah. Knowing he wasn't over yet, but that first, yeah. uh, when he went down in like the fucking hole, like my audience was like, yeah, yeah. yeah, the ankle snap was really good. Also, um, I want to know the I want to know the my, economics here that this this guy who um 
has a weird hobby for sure. Just uh-huh. owns two houses. Like guys, we come on. Yeah. 1978 seems right, so, pretty great. So all right, let's, <laughs> if we're gonna pull at this thread, I would like for you guys to maybe clarify some things for me. It didn't necessarily affect how much fun I had watching it, but there are a few things that they do just kind of horror movie yada yada yada, and that just seems to happen. And you just got to get on board. This killer, this is a very small community, and he legitimately drives as his only vehicle. A large black a van. van. He does not have a garage. That is revealed at the end of the movie. It's just yep. a carport. So everybody can see the giant black van. It's He dresses exclusively that way, apparently. He just walks around I mean, that, like that. Is, that. is that just part of the horror movie, though? It's like you can park a black van in your driveway and nobody thinks it's you. The adult thing? Maybe it is that adult yeah. child thing I was saying. That even though they did they know, report yeah. that, like, watch out, kids. He drives a van. It's black. So they did say that on the news, which frustrated me a little bit. But what I wanted to get clarity from you guys was I am still a little bit confused about where he actually lived, which house. When the cops come... They're, the cops are doing a canvassing of all these neighborhoods. So that also mm-hmm. tells us that this is one of the neighborhoods. And we learned very quickly, as soon as they canvassed this one house, the guy's like, you got to come in. I'm excited to tell you this. The house has to be right fucking here. It has to be right here. And you find out that it, the guy who's talking to them is Ethan Hawke's fucking brother. Eventually yeah. that gets revealed that that is his brother. That so was cool. The, Drop down into the basement from there. I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> so really surprising. So I'm still... I'm still confused then because when the brother realizes this, the, yeah. the brother eventually puts this together. He is in the same house that he was in. He yeah. walks around the corner and sees the basement door. Now we have yeah. seen that basement door in the sneak out scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how is that the same door if he's across the street? He wasn't across, across. The only thing across the street was the dead people. There were, there were, there no. weren't. The, the kid wasn't across the street. The brother, the brother was the brother. There was only one house. The other house they were only in in the last scene of the movie when they saw the bodies. We were never in the other house. It was in the visions from the outside. I thought that was all, the house that we, I thought that was the house we walked up to with the cops when they were canvassing. No, they just looked the same because they're across the street. I guess. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It, no. It, the it real. The real me, question. I'll have to rewatch that and check. If you want to, if you want to really get crazy about it, is is how did the how did the brother not know? How did he the brother sitting, not know? Yeah, he, he was Ethan, doing a Ethan lot Hawk, of coke. Ethan Hawke was sitting in a chair for hours while his brother yeah. was home. Like so, anyway, he got pretty lucky that his brother never needed a late night snack. Let's just put it that way. But having said mm. that, I don't think that should hold back this movie at all. Not yeah. at all. Um, that did seem yeah, to my, be I think important my, for them to. My favorite. I think my favorite moment was when he had him down and the phone started ringing and it's not even connected anymore. And he just holds it up and he's like, it's for you. Yeah, it was good. I was like, yes! That was good. <laughs> and it just covered yeah. in dirt at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite moment is, is what Dave already alluded to when the kid finally breaks free and he's running up the stairs. I think I thought he was already dead. Mm. And I thought that this was going to be the ah. girl's story. And it was going to be her realizing, and I thought maybe they were going to kick off like a franchise horror movie here, uh-huh. that she actually, I thought that was going to be the way she finally affirmed that she did a, she did have this ability, that her brother and all the spirits were going to guide her to help find other missing children and stuff. I don't know. I thought it was going to end up being her story, 
and that he mm-hmm. was going to run out and he was just, it was, I don't know what was going to happen, but they did a really good job of making me think that maybe that was going to happen. It was still wonderful also, when it, you also, know, when he was alive, of course, I'm glad the was, child didn't was, die. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Was anyone <laughs> expecting Ethan Hawke to come out that door in slow motion, like end lethal weapon style? I thought maybe but I thought maybe one maybe. last time before he walked out of the basement, he was gonna we were gonna see him make one last effort. Yeah, yeah. But um but I'm I, glad they didn't do that. I'm glad yeah, too. me too. That would have cheesed it up so bad. Like th- this did not need the the comeback moment. I am really glad that he did he strangled though, because that was the first thing I thought with the rope. And I was like, well, maybe he can try to figure it out. I was like, I don't know how to do that. But I'm really glad that we that he went full strangle and he didn't just try to run away. I was like, yeah, fucking strangle him. Mm. The, the broken neck was probably much, but I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. Oh, the, the last line before he did it. His what arms are killer. <laughs> oh, right. He line? said it again. His <laughs> arms. Uh, 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 was it a pistol? No, his arms. Mint. His arm is mint. His arm is mint. His arm is mint. Yeah, no, 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 that was fun. This That's is a this is a teeny, teeny, tiny movie, and it, it, yeah, it's the Stephen King thing that I can't just praise enough. Like these tiny little worlds mm. where anything can happen, and everybody feels like they can relate to them because they're so small. I, I just, I just, it's so refreshing. I mean, it's my we, favorite we kind we of story. We can't throw Stephen King around too much because all he all he did was fatherly guidance. He he <laughs> I, got into he raised that kid to be like this. I mean, look, he I think Joe, knows how to creep did, out children. Was it just me? Uh, also, did I'm I just I don't know for sure because I can't find anything about it anywhere and it's not credited. But I think Joe Hill did a walkthrough cameo in the background of one scene because I saw I think I saw him. He had like really? beard and glasses. Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm pretty sure he did a walkthrough because I just said, don't mention Stephen King, but Stephen King used to do a cameo in every single one of his movies. Every single movie that was based on his book, he was a character somewhere. I didn't know that. Yeah. Not The Shining. Um, Not The Shining, no. This uh, started like later uh, when they got to like the Stan miniseries and stuff like that. Um, He does turn up in a couple of uh, the earlier ones, but yeah, he, from a certain point, he's in every single one that's made. Even Sleepwalkers, the one that was made just for movie. I gotta find him in it. I saw it like four times. I don't remember, but okay. <laughs> I don't think we answered the other. You favorite. don't remember him in it? it. He's the ancient man who sells him the bike when he goes back. He he runs the pawn shop, and he looks like he's a skeleton. Oh Poor Stephen. Yeah, <laughs> he's right. so old looking in that scene, but he plays the guy who right. runs the pawn shop who sells um, him the bike. Okay, touche. I take it back. Did you say your favorite scene, John? When he's going up, and you think he might be dead. Yeah, just like the I... final escape. My favorite scene is probably, um, I like the daughter a lot. So the, the kids, oh, yeah. she, kids she was, cursing. She was MVP. She was absolutely MVP in this movie. Kids cursing is always going to be funny, but I think just the take where she was like, what the fuck, Jesus? <laughs> that was probably my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that whole scene was, <laughs> that whole scene was great. Her, her, her fight scene was awesome too. It wasn't I, too I much. She, she wasn't a superhero. I, you know, I also love that like, she clocked the kid in the head with the rock. He's going, going over and leaning against the fence. Yeah. She gets the shit kicked out of her. She goes and leans the fence. Next to the kid, she's clocked with the rock. It's like, yeah. obviously, this is the you're yeah. out of the fight area. And she and just like looked at him and just like and she sees blood gushing out of his face. And then she just like looks back. She doesn't say like, you should go to the hospital. She's just like, yeah, uh, here we are. Really yeah, so I would say I think. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. That's it. What the fuck, Jesus? Also, that, those maze of chain link fences bring back memories to me for some reason. 
course. I mean, uh, that looks Jesus like yeah. they filmed Tyler, it. When I was looking at this thing, I was like, that looks like fucking North Carolina. And no surprise, they shot this whole thing in Wilmington. So I was like, oh, great. Ah. Yeah, 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 okay. Yep. So <laughs> shout out to Wilmington uh, Studios over there. They haven't filmed any movies there in a while. Um, but uh, yeah, I Wilmington. was also really satisfied by, because they kept bringing it down to try to ground it and make sure it didn't turn into like these kids saving the day movies, which can be annoying and cheesy. The boy escapes at one point in the middle of the movie, like actually escapes the house and is running away. And Ethan Hawke, maybe too much unbelievable that he got into his car the van and peeled out that quickly but he catches up with the boy and he tackles the boy and he's holding him down like in this shadow by these bushes and you know you hear some you see some front front floodlights and front porch lights turn on so you're like surely this kid was just screaming his head off help 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 surely somebody's gonna come out but the adult society doesn't Mm -hmm. always come to the rescue and i thought that was so effective that like god he was so close but Nothing can save him from like this this monster. If if adults don't try to actually help children, kids have to help themselves. And I don't know. It's just every time, it's fun how they find very effective, dramatic, but not cheesy ways to continue to isolate kids in these stories. And that was a yeah. really fun way. That was like, God damn it, he is trapped. Like because you know he's not getting out again if he get yeah. you know they gave him his escape scene. So I really did think he was dead. So I mean that was. <laughs> man it was fun man i don't have much anyway. else to say about it i thought it was great it's small yeah, movie that I, could. Mean, I, it was great. I think the more the more we like the movie the shorter the episode is so nothing wrong with I that think this, this movie yeah. they made this for 18.8 i think if oh, they I'm surprised if it was that already made, it's already this, made 20 in its first day it's already made 20 <laughs> if this was like 20 years ago this movie would be a hundred like hundreds of millions of dollar success i think people would go see it they would tell their friends so i hope it gets a good streaming deal and i hope it makes 100 million more dollars in the theaters because this is a good good little horror movie it could have made a fuck ton of dough back in the day mm. so i hope it still makes a lot of change this is, yeah this is a swing and a hit from blood like a Blumhouse. swing and a hit they say yeah yeah all, all right. right well let's With ra- rock let's- to the head <laughs> Oh my God. Let's wrap it up there and let's head into our final segment of the episode. What you've been watching. Let's go around the horn and give our recommendations. Dave, what you've been watching? Oh, you're going to love this one. Oh yeah. Um, I came in the other day and my wife had the TV on and she's on, we got, we got the peacock free thing. And I'm like, I looked at it. I'm like, what are you, are you watching charmed? Charmed. And she's, nice. like, she's like, yeah, I'm watching charmed. She apparently she, she wasn't a fan of the new series. So she was watching the old one. I'm like, I, I made a, some joke about it, and half an hour later, I'm sitting down watching fucking Charmed, and I've been watching it ever since. <laughs> so, it, I mean, it's it's corny as hell, but it's it's still fun. It's charming. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> John, I am still. I am still watching Drive to Survive, the F1 doc stuff. Fuck yeah. So, uh, still going with that. And I feel like I saw something else recently I wanted to bring up, but I will tell you in the next episode. It's a pretty addicting show, ready to kind of be over with it so I can get back to watching other things. But uh, it's it's good. It's good. How about gotcha. you? Um, so I, I watched The Boys, episode six. Oh, yeah, that's that's what I watched. Yeah, yep. I think, there you go. Hero, <laughs> gasm. I still, I, it was a very fun episode. I still think they did Jack Dirty. I feel like his character was really funny, and I feel like we could have had four times the amount of screen time him. This is uh, my brother-in-law, Jack Doolin, actor he was, extraordinaire. He, was uh, one of he the played TNT one of the TNT twins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they pretty much had to have a wide-angle lens on for his crotch shot. 
It was so funny. <laughs> when that door opened, it was, yeah, it was just so funny. He was, he was great. I agree it was with a you, great man. introduction. I don't I mean, think I know why they were fighting. And I was like, why did they, are they going to tell us in another episode? Because I yeah, don't think I, wish, I, I wish they'd got as much about there. their relationship I mean, as I wanted to. I mean, I, mean, I would just wanted to see them on, on screen more. Yeah, they kind of threw here, I guess, I mean, there's a little bit of gimmick, I felt like, in that episode. But, I mean, I'm glad they did. But the way they were publicizing it, it was like over-marketed for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't, like, I, I found the story that was going on around it to be far better. Yeah, think, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, they, they they sort of made a cameo appearance earlier on in the in the flashback of Soldier Boy stuff, and I I thought maybe we could have seen them do their thing because I don't know why they were called the TNT twins. I do now, obviously. They they gave us that little teaser, but how funny is it that twins who are different genders, a, a boy and a girl twin, are hosting an orgy, and not only that, they spend a lot of time together at this orgy. I think that's really funny, and I, I just I feel like we could have used some more of that, Jack. Man, I, I, I all we needed was the two of you them robbed. walking around this orgy for a while. This brother and sister fighting at this orgy they're hosting. I think that's hilarious. But they just I mean, had too many other storylines converging at that yeah. spot. So it's just it's. No I wish surprise. the whole I wish the whole episode took place at the house. So that all these storylines could have converged there, and we could have really seen all the different pieces of it. Yeah, but I thought I'm it was. I thought it was going to be a party episode. Don't get and it, it don't turned get me out wrong. To not what, be a what party they had episode, didn't it? Was fucking hilarious. Yeah, what they had yeah, was yeah, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I still <laughs> the, really show, the show is still really good. It was yeah, fun there were, watching. There were several uh, laugh out loud moments for me during that episode when the little guy became big again, and you're like, <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah. And his and death. Door. Oh, please help me! And he just gets that was really funny. The 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 guy when when um he, when Huey has to be like I'm actually I think I need to, to give my butthole a rest for a minute and the other guy like you just <laughs> I mean the oh show is God. just full of debauchery. Oh, yeah. I did think it was interesting. I I don't know if anybody else felt this way, but this was the first time we've really gotten to see anybody fight for real, much less yeah. Homelander like mm, fight. That, yeah, and I thought was... it was interesting that they began and ended with him like showing crazy super strength and power with his flight into the fight and his flight out of the fight but the fight itself was mostly a fist fight in real time yeah i, I thought was that was brawl. interesting i was it yeah. kind, of, kind of curious the way they chose to do that when they had set us up to think that he's like superman powerful and uh so i'm hoping that they explore that even more and kind of change that up just because it, it was interesting how they kept using their fight as a background device like there was story happening, like kind of in front of it yeah. often. And I don't know. I'm yeah. excited so to see I where th- they I go with it. I'll be interested to see where he go. That character goes with it because this is the first time he's almost lost a fight. Yeah. Homelander? Homelander? Ever. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting yeah. too that the temp V makes you as strong as the strongest of the V2. I thought so that we'll, was we'll see. weird too. Yeah. I didn't understand that either. Anyway, if we're being it's, honest, it's okay. I thought that was a... But it's I'm very <laughs> curious to see where they're going to go because they they made a very bold choice at the end of it, and so yeah. um, we have to deal with the consequences. Unlike Star Wars, which would never have to deal with that, they would end it that way also, and then say, "Let's just have, start over again." Have you guys been following Vort International on Twitter? No, Vort International no, on Twitter is posting, they, it's yeah. posting as if it's real. Yeah, it's posting as if it's and real. They were, con- they were congratulating Starlight on all of her Instagram followers this week. Uh-huh. Did they make any uh, SCOTUS tweets? Did they go there with some dark? No. Oh, they, tweets? No. they haven't touched on that. I don't think uh, they should no, have they seen. Should have. But- yeah. <laughs> well, we okay, began then- with it. We might as well end with it. Well, Supreme then, Court, wait, wait, go wait. Fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, well, no, and I, I saw, I saw, fucking, I lost my buzzer. It's gone. I, I don't know what happened to my page. I saw, um. The, the finale to Obi Wan. It's over. I, I made it all the way through. Oh yeah. What'd you I'm think? Proud Jeff? of myself. I thought it was. Per, given the show they gave us, given the show that that I watched, 
it was fine. Nice. It was fine. <laughs> that was as much, yeah, that's as gushy as you're going to get. That's from, as good as you're going to get from Jeff. Look, <laughs> look, does it sort of, okay, I took my fine. drink. Get that fucking out of there. Does it, does it call, <laughs> is it a little curious that the whole idea of the Luke Skywalker thing is that his life was worthless and he was a loser and he didn't know he was anybody because he just lived in the desert. And then all of a sudden, except for this one time in his life where this woman with a fucking lightsaber showed up and tried to murder him and chase him into the hills while his family got out, fucking Christopher Kyle, like American sniper shit to like fucking gun down this woman no, no. with the lightsaber. I, I kind of forgot that part of the, the Luke Skywalker saga personally. They, but... they pulled a last starfighter. You had a terrible nightmare. That's it. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. <laughs> so, but, but all things, yeah, but that's okay. You know, I do think that because they're gonna they're gonna try to do something, whether it's a Vader show or whether it's another. Ob- I, I doubt you and McGregor would come back, but I, I the um it, the woman that was after him is getting her own spinoff. Yeah, that's why I didn't need her that much in this episode, in this fucking show. I knew she was going to get her own spinoff, so why did she take over his whole show? She already has her own backstory from the fucking animated movies. I didn't need her that much in this. What she did in this final episode, she was just a hunter. And then she had a monologue at the end. That's it. I didn't need any fucking else. It was ridiculous. Also, if people know who these kids are, ugh, how did Vader not know they were the, his fucking kids? He was in the I'm, same building as Leia, and he didn't know that she... I thought this was a fine I'm, show. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to Taika Waititi's hmm. Star Wars, because he said he's going to take it away from, like, you're not going to have any recognizable characters in it. Vader's like... He's like, if, if, if you want the universe to expand, you're going to have to expand the universe, like, and yeah. have characters that are fresh. So he's not going to have... I, so I'm looking <laughs> forward to that. Get fresh characters. We're done with the old guys, because you can't have Vader be like, there's... Obi-Wan's here. I can feel him. My daughter is here too, but can't feel her. We can't, we can't, they can't keep doing that to us. They, they're treating us like we're stupid and they can't do it. Also, he can, only, he can only feel them if they're connected to the Force and she wasn't. Oh yeah, you watch this show too and you're saying that she wasn't connected to the Force? Very curious. Yes, anyway, she doesn't get connected to the Force until she's in her like 20s. Oh, yeah, so she kisses her that, brother. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I found my... Uh, that was supposed <laughs> to be when they're 18. I found my buzzer again. Um, and then and then fighting, having Obi-Wan fight Vader for the second time. By the way, they cut away from that fight again, which is never a good sign when you have the ultimate fight, which was shot so well. I'm sure you loved the way it was shot. It looked amazing. I did. But they cut away from it, which proved that the stakes didn't mean anything because we knew that they both survived. And what's even worse is, not only did you know that they were both going to live, which really takes it out of the 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 lightsaber battle when you know nothing's going to happen that here they are fighting with lasers, but it doesn't really matter because they're both going to be fine. It makes it worse when this whole series is about how Anakin killed a bunch of children. And that was Reese's story. And then, um, Obi-Wan sees Vader like hurting on the ground. Well, first Vader sees Obi-Wan and he, instead of killing him, he's like there, I made you discomforted now. So I'm going to walk away. It's like, okay, that's kind of a cheap move. But then later to have Obi-Wan come back and win the fight, but not kill Vader. It kind of feels like, if Hitler's mentor in World War II was like, you should stop it, and then walked away. It's like, you should probably finish the job if he's that bad of a person. I don't know. It just, it felt like, you know when you finish beating off, and it's like, and then you realize you're just like in your... (laughs) Why did I get buzzed? Sorry. (laughs) And then you realize like, oh... You can see me beating off? (laughs) And then you realize you're like, oh, it's, it's it's just me in this chair. And then you just have to like wipe it off, clean up, and get back to reality. I feel like that's what like it's like when these these battles end, and it's like, well, we knew that was going to happen, so it's a good job, team. Anyway, otherwise, yeah, it was, if, it was fine if this show, if it sounds like, I did not know that he encountered Vader as much as he did, but listening to you guys, you know, I've heard other people talk about it too. If this show wasn't about the inner conflict of Obi-Wan deciding whether or not to kill his student over and over and over again, then they missed <laughs> the, they missed an opportunity. That's what the show should have been about. 
Well, you can't just he keep needs talking. to kill yeah. him. He's the only one who can kill him. And if he doesn't kill him, that's the whole fucking story. That's that's the whole point that it comes to. I have become stronger than you will ever. Like the whole speech, it would have justified his his exit in yeah. a, a new a new. Oh, wait, wait, he, he knows wait, Anakin's going to go kill other people. Where do you see the final episode? Because. He does pull out some kick-ass powers in yeah. the final and, and battle. So, so I thought yeah. that's what the show was. It was, it was Obi Wan finds his Force again. He does like yeah. it's it's like it's like when it's, Luke like gave away the Force so that he wouldn't be found and he needs to. It's how Obi it. got his groove back. I was I was just about yeah. to make a Stella yeah. joke. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, dude. Was Tay Diggs in this movie? In this no, show? but there were so many there were so many other side plots that they didn't need. But ultimately, it's fine. And Wade, I don't know who you are, but I, I believe you're a Dave. cool person. Dave, I feel like you're more, I know you're not like a huge, you weren't like following these threads, but I think you, you maybe have a little bit more insight to that community. Do you feel like sometimes shows in the LucasArts world, the Disney world, the, the Marvel world, do you feel like sometimes they, they write these shows and bring in certain characters, kind of thinking of it as pasta against a wall, and then they try to keep their ear to the ground. And if certain fans, you know, if enough fans are reacting to a certain character, they, they kind of do that intentionally, just like, all right. We're getting a lot of traction with that person. Maybe we can turn it into a spinoff. Or do you think they have a lot of big kind of mother brain intention for where these things are going to go over the next decade or something? No, I think in some of these cases, especially in this case, um, they they did. I don't think they planned that spinoff when the show first aired. That was because it was announced mid-season. So I I think it might have been the response to that character because she was quite polarizing. Um, some people. She was a great character. She just yeah, it was, ruined it was like, Obi-Wan. <laughs> it was like everybody loved her, and then some racist fuckwits show. said some nasty stuff okay. on Twitter. So yeah, no, no, no. yeah, it was uh, it was yeah, polarizing in people that don't matter. I just I just didn't know this uh, to the show point was... where Ewan McGregor recorded his own video saying, "If you don't like her performance, you're not a fan of Star Wars." Fucking Obi Wan told and people off. Yeah, that's true. I don't. I'm well, not a fan of the, this. Is where we're I'm at. not a fan of the writers, but her performance fit perfectly in the Star Wars canon. I thought it was a great hmm. addition to it. It's just this is the Obi Wan show, and it wasn't. I'm I'm very story. curious if she, if they're going to do like bef- her life before or her life from now. I thought they already did. Lucasfilms, cl- if you are hiring, please. Jeff Oshmiller is available to be your your writers' room contrarian, just to hold you guys accountable. Yeah. Honestly, I just want somebody the in there freaking on the out internet. about this. Yeah. No, you're not can, the only can, one. You're. You sounds like not. you are speaking what a I lot can, of people uh, have been saying to me. I can see show. the credit now. It's like <clears throat> Jeff Ostermuller, Devil's Advocate. Contrarian, yeah. <laughs> All yeah right. Story advocate, yeah. You guys have another episode. I don't mean to keep you. You guys have another episode to record, but I got that off my chest. Obi-Wan finished just fine. Just fine. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, I'm excited to watch it, even though I feel like I've seen it all already. But uh, I'm excited to watch it. (laughs) All right, film fans. Thank you so much for sticking around our episode of The Black Bone. We hope you enjoyed it. And we hope you like, subscribe, follow, find the link tree that Dave set up to keep at it and see the next movie. We got a QR code now, too. Oh, scan that shit. shit. Let's go. All right, people. Have a good one. We'll see you again. Peace.